This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share His love. I'd like to take a moment just to encourage you right now, if you have friends, a family member, or someone you love that you know that's dealing with a cancer diagnosis, uh, definitely continue to listen to this podcast, but I also want to encourage you to share this podcast. Share it to your social media uh, platforms, share it with friends and family. Today, Pastor Ryan Bibb and Pastor Josh Harima are joined on the podcast by Pat and Liz Arsenault. Pat and Liz are longtime community members here in Sturgis, both retired teachers from the Sturgis uh, public school system. And recently, Pat received a terminal pancreatic cancer diagnosis, stage four, sadly. And today, Ryan and Josh just talk with Pat and Liz about this process of receiving the diagnosis, how they're feeling, the things that they're learning from God as they're going through this process together. It's our hope that if you are dealing with cancer yourself or you have a loved one who's dealing with cancer, that you'll be encouraged by today's episode. Here's Ryan, Josh, Pat, and Liz. Well, hey, welcome to a very special episode of Radio Reflections. I am one of your hosts, Josh Herma, joined by my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well. Thank you. And uh, do you want to, we have two very special guests today with two. us. Uh, which this is, for those of you that watched the last couple of episodes, like we've had more guests in the last couple of episodes than we did, I think, all of last season, maybe. <laughs> uh, so, so this is good. Uh, so, Ryan, you want to introduce our guests to our listeners and viewers Absolutely. here? Absolutely. Two very special people here with us, Pat and Liz Arsenault, are with us at this table that Pat, you, <laughs> That's you right. created. It's very, it's very fitting that, yeah. that we are here today with you. Right. Absolutely. How are the two of you doing? Huh, that's always a loaded question. You, know, you, you uh-huh. come into this like church. I like what he says. Yeah. You come into this church and you always get greedy. Say, "How are you doing?" And well, first of all, let me say, "I'm Pat. I have <laughs> stage four pancreatic cancer. I feel like I'm in one of those okay. group meetings today." So, <laughs> hi, but, Pat. Yeah, hi, Pat. Thank you. But um, yeah, that's the way you always the loaded questions. But yep. um, if you would have asked me two weeks ago how I was doing. I wouldn't have been able to answer that very well, but since then I've had a stent put in, so I have body fluids flowing again and digestion and things taking place and blessings coming from all over the place, from brothers and sisters, not only across the area of Sturgis, but I mean, we, Liz has some uh, <clears throat> nieces and nephews around the world which are sending prayers, so... Hmm. This is Liz. Sometimes she gets called Pat by mistake. Oh, so please don't do that to her. You, you guys correct I answer to that, like, but nobody ever calls him Liz. That's so. right. Oh. Well, that doesn't hardly seem fair. Now I introduce this Pat and Mrs. Pat. Well, Liz, how are you doing? I am standing in the wings of a chapter in our life that is totally unexperienced. We're inexperienced in going through this. And, you know, being hit blindside by something you'd see other people go through. But when we got the news of his cancers, we were both as close to being in shock as we've ever been. Um, 
Mm-hmm. We're both retired, been retired 15 years from being school teachers, and we had just have had a great life. And we've got reconnected in a church that we love here and just feel loved and accepted. And, uh, you know, our health, I, I have just always been focused on good eating habits, good exercise habits, and to be hit with something physical that's so devastating is... The expression, hitting a brick wall, that's exactly how I felt. Mm -hmm. And right away I've been thrust into a role that I need to just take one step at a time, one day at a time, and remember that we're supported by hundreds of prayer warriors, you know, Mm -hmm. from... Armies of prayer warriors. 16-year-olds who came up to a Sunday, he'll probably mention that to, you know, 80-something-year-olds, and... I think that's why he's, you know, he doesn't look sick right now. We, we don't know what's ahead, but mm-hmm. I'm, I've been approached by people who have been caregivers, and that's a huge role. It's kind of daunting looking ahead and thinking, I don't know where this is going to go or how, mm-hmm. how he's going to feel, mm-hmm. and I just feel blessed that I know that I can call on people that have come to me and said, you know, if you need to talk, if you need to ask questions about caregiving, they're there for me. So, But we've just seen remarkable uh, support from people praying. And just the fact that he's feeling the way he does at this point is a blessing. So, so re- rewind a little bit. So, you know, this is a, a very recent development. Mm-hmm. Like what, what got you to the point where you're like, oh, hey, this wasn't on my radar before. But. Yeah. And I have no history of any sort of cancer like this in our family. <clears throat> so I wasn't looking for anything. Uh, both my wife Liz and I tested positive for COVID in the middle of January. So, you know, we stayed at home for our regimen of time. And <clears throat> I had sort of a lingering cough that stayed with me. And I thought, well, gee, you know, I sh- I'm going to have this looked at. And my two children, two of my children encouraged me. So I went to the doctor's office just to schedule a chest scan or x-ray and heart and lungs were fine and I said well let's do a CT scan <clears throat> so he, he arranged that at the hospital and showed up some, some shading on the liver so then I got the contrast CT scan done and that showed up lesions at least they didn't know at the time lesions on both liver and pancreas <clears throat> and then scheduled a biopsy after that, and it was uh, it was cancerous. So then, um, we the again, still no symptoms of pain or anything. So it was silent. Silent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as Liz said, we had been probably very, very conscientious of years of healthful eating, and I had been to a doctor for twenty years. I didn't have a local doctor. Um, even my career of teaching, I had one sick day, and that was an ear infection. Hmm. So I considered myself pretty healthy, and still no pain, just a sort of a discomfort. Well, when they diagnosed the cancer, a few days after that, I started having some pain, and I started, well, I think it was my son-in-law who came to the door and said, boy, when the sun was shining on my face, you look a little bit yellow. So that alerted me, and then when I rolled up my sleeves and looked at my arms, whoa, I am yellow. Hmm. So then some pain started to set in, and I, the doctor, local doctor, um, 
and this is a God thing too, after not having a doctor for 20 years, the doctor locally that was available had just had pancreatic cancer last fall. Hmm. And his was discovered through a blood clot and they did some scans of his body and detected he was at stage one of uh, pancreatic cancer. So he had surgery and now he's here, you know, as my primary doctor and he knew what I was going through because he had just been through that last fall. So uh, he immediately wanted me to get to the uh, doctor's or surgery somewhere. And Mayo was really booked up four to six weeks ahead of time. And so he called University of Michigan Hospital and had me uh, entered as an emergency patient. So I was in the system. And then a couple of days later, they were able to, well, the, first of all, the doctor that I was assigned to came and told us the verdict that it was non-operable. And it happened that Liz and our daughter Carrie was in the hospital room at that time. And that was against the rules. But one of the doctors, I don't know how, another God thing. We didn't break the rules. They allowed us. No. Thanks for the record. For the record. One of the doctors says, hey, I'm going to make a call to my head person. And uh, a few seconds later, Carrie shows up in the room. And so then the doctor, single doctor came in, because they always come in groups at U of M Hospital. And uh, the one doctor came in by themselves and sat down and said, well, you know, I have some bad news. And it explained that it was inoperable. So, and then, uh, of course, as soon as that doctor left, the three of us, <laughs> it sounded like a chorus of tears, and it was. And Carrie crawls up into bed with me. <clears throat> Let me get through this. But uh, said that, Dad, you, you've always been the human being that I've loved most. That's, that's when I broke down. <clears throat> and the point of saying that was that through day one, when I started feeling ill, the Lord had given me a sense of peace about this. That, and I understand now what peace that passes understanding it's all about because I know what it is. I have had that peace. And, you know, <clears throat> I was able to to feel fine coming home from the hospital. But <clears throat> physically, um, I did have a stint in place put in my duct that was blocked. And immediately the juices started flowing again. You know, I started feeling better. The numbers started showing up better. So it was uh, a a life-saving relief that I had that pain eventually to get me to the U of M hospital or else mm. I probably wouldn't be sitting here speaking to you today. Mm. It was almost as if the Lord had allowed him to go through that procedure and improve to the point where he could function from mm -hmm. day to day because he, you know, you're in a bad situation, but I have a job for you to do. That's why I'm looking at him because he's just mm. full of praise and peace about this. The Lord can still touch him, I believe. Yeah. In some yeah, way, he hasn't but he left already me. has by just bringing people to the surface from way back years ago. You know, that have found out about it. Our, our young daughter put it on Facebook, and of course, the whole world knows right away, <laughs> which is a good thing. But he has just really used. He's been using this time. For instance, a young girl in the parking lot stopped us Sunday after church, that unbeknownst to us, and uh, he'll share something about her maybe but 
it's just an, an example, an affirmation of how God has is using this interim right now. Um, you look at your life and you think, you know, you want it to be as pe- peaceful going into the end as anyone would, you know, pain-free, um, everything in place, but everything was not in place when we got this news, but God is really doing some great things in him. Oh, yeah. There's so many blessings that I could recount just in the last two weeks. It's hard to, to acknowledge them all. As a result of Anne-Marie posting it on Facebook, it, they were, a lot of notes were sent to her email, so they weren't on Facebook. But, and then Liz has taken the time to print all those off, and she's got a booklet, and I've been reading those over, coming from especially you know, former students having taught. And of all things that I taught was eighth grade middle science for the majority of my teaching career. And some of those students are just fantastic now that they're adults. Uh, there were always students, I won't name any, who were sitting out here in this area right now, the arena. <laughs> I had some names that I, I'm sure I called him during middle school years. But the amazing thing is, I call him brother now. Um. And I tell him I love him, and he loves me, and it's all good. And that's because of the Lord. That's mm. where I give him credit. I mean, and he'll never share some of those being a weird eighth grade science teacher, and I'm an early morning person, those combination of things, thoughts come into my head that don't come into normal people's head. But Brandon is the guy, I, my go-to guy that I share some of those with, and he's got some interesting stories from me over the years. But, um, but going, getting back to prayer, you know, the, um, we have, as Liz said, we have an abundance of prayer warriors out there. And I was standing at the window of my kitchen the other day, and the farm field right behind us had just been tilled the day before, and all, everything that had been there throughout the winter had been flattened. Well, all of a sudden, all these little corn stalks are standing up out there in the field. And the Lord gave me a picture of all of the prayer warriors that are out there right now, you know, supporting me and supporting Liz. and. It dawned on me that the commander and the chief of all of those warriors has never lost a war. Hmm. And, oh, you know, I just broke down in tears right there. And, uh, there are battlefield casualties, you know, on an earthly level. But the war has already been won. And that's part of that piece I was talking about that passes my understanding in all this. Hmm. And there have been other blessings. I want to read the one that Liz just referenced from somebody I don't really know. She said... You can just... I know if you can can I read name. that? <laughs> can you use her? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, that's, that's, that's yeah. up to you. Yeah. I'm not going to read any names, but yeah. it's, it's an example of how I've been blessed and other people have been blessed without me even knowing it. It says, Hi, Pat. I told you this morning, and this was after last Sunday's um, service, and one of the things that was... Well, you know, if those of you who listen to the podcast were here present... Uh, the live stream, I mean. <clears throat> it was a wonderful service, a blessing. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute, but let me share this. She said, Hi, Pat, I told you this morning that I was praying for you as I was walking to my car. You were actually standing not too far in front of my car. I feel so blessed. I didn't leave until after you did. I rolled my window down, 
just listen to person after person come up and hug you and tell you that they were praying and the whole time you were praising God. We don't know each other really well, but you are an inspiration. Many people, if they've got the, had the same diagnosis like yourself this last week, would be in a puddle on the floor. And here you are in church, and that's where I would want to be too. And I can tell you that you are a dearly loved man. Anyway, just wanted to tell you again that I am praying for your healing. Sorry for eavesdropping, but not really, <laughs> because I was the one being blessed. Mm. That sort of thing has happened time after time, you know, unbeknownst to me, but, you know, a blessing to somebody else. And mm-hmm. it's just. The verse about pray without ceasing has new meaning, you know. It doesn't mm. have to be one individual continually praying, but mm. I feel like all through the day there's somebody praying for him. Mm-hmm. For us. And I'm sure that that's why my pain level is not where it should be. I mean, it's, it is where it should be because of all of these prayers. Mm. And, and it's such a comfort to know that. And thinking back in prayers, um, I wasn't always a Christian. I was born and raised in a church. And I was, as a matter of fact, I was an altar boy until I was 18 years old. But fortunately, the church that we attended was 10 miles or more away, or else I would have been in the confessional every single morning <laughs> with my lifestyle. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't a vicious person to other people, but I had no regard for a savior. But I didn't realize that at the time. Then I got a teaching job in Bronson, Michigan. And fortunately, I haven't even told Liz this before, that I think of her as my HS, Holy Spirit, but lowercase letters, of course. <laughs> so, and, you know, she was born and raised in a church where the Bible was taught, Bible verses were memorized, but not for me. That's not where I was at. And so the Lord set me up with her on a blind date in Sarasota, Florida. <laughs> Who would have guessed? And and we're still here. And she's still my lowercase H. 47 years. <laughs> wow. Nice. But back to that prayer. Um, when I was te- early teaching, um, right around the corner of us, there was this little cute Metzger girl that, you know, I didn't have her in class because she was too young, but I was teaching junior high. And um, she came around on her bicycle with this biggest smile on her face and said, Mr. Arsenault, my Sunday school class is praying for you. Hmm. And, you know, I just sort of, raised my eyebrows. And um, then in junior high, you know, we started going to this little church out in the country on a gravel road, Pleasant Hill Missionary Church. And then some of the junior high kids who had me in class were telling me the same thing. Mr. Arshon, I'm praying for you. Well, it wasn't long afterwards when I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ preached and salvation. That's the first time I'd ever heard it Hmm. growing up. And Liz and myself and a good friend, Stan Mayer, and his wife were all baptized together a few weeks later after all of these prayers were being lifted up on my behalf and our behalf. Mm-hmm. And, um, and later on, this little girl, you want to share Oh, yeah. That? Tell them about it. Well, go ahead. Oh. You're doing well. You're doing well. There's <laughs> this little girl who had come up to me on her bicycle with that big smile. She was tragically killed in front of her house riding her bicycle, and she was run over and killed. And, you know, 
those prayers that she had. The innocence of a child <laughs> to say to some adult that she just barely knew that they were praying for her. That made an impression. It surely did. The boldness of some young people and children just... Mm. Yeah, the innocence and... Exceeds what some Now that I look back, I see that. And so that sort of changed my, my take on praying for people. And just recently, I was in the waiting room over at the uh, Sturgis Hospital here. And, you know, there's usually tons of people there. And that's a place where it's nobody looks at anybody. Nobody says anything to anybody. Well, the Lord, I happened to look over as I was walking in there. And there was this pregnant young lady who was, you know, writhing with her hand on her forehead. And it wasn't crying or anything, but just really looked like she was uncomfortable. And you know, I just walked over and asked her if she'd be comfortable if I prayed with her. And she, she got these big eyes, first of all, and she said, sure. So I sat down, held her hand, and, and prayed for her, and uh, just led by the Lord to do that. And, uh, and then the doors opened, and they called me in for my blood draw. And, uh, but when I came out walking past her, and I says, oh, what did I say to her? But anyhow, she had this big smile on her face. And so I knew it was uh, meant to be. So when you get those proddings, and you know, that's one of the things, again, I, I reflect on that is preached here. It starts here, and it goes out into the community. Mm -hmm. And when you take that with you, when you walk out those doors, and you're told to be radiant, well... You be radiant. <laughs> so, lessons learned. And Somebody turned on a switch. <laughs> Not that he hasn't been real animated before. Yeah. <laughs> he was like that in the classroom and just talking to people. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just blessed how many opportunities have just come in front of him since this diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I said, that's, those are answers to prayer. Everybody thinks when you have that diagnosis, it's going to be, you're praying for a, complete healing and of course you want that you know but I said so far just that he can go out and rake leaves for half an hour you know it's just to me um, well it's answers. taken a lot of years for that to show up in my life but another example of last Sunday's gathering here after the songs and everything were played the last one of course was the blessing and um To, sitting to my right, I didn't know who this guy was. A young man got up early during the service, went down, and we were, he knelt down and hand raised, and he stayed down front for the rest of the service. After the service, he comes up to me and says, Hi, my name is George. And he said, Can I pray with you? And he embraced me. He's a 16-year-old kid. He embraces me and prays over me. Now, I taught, you know, middle school kids and coached high school sports for years. Nobody does that. That's atypical behavior. <laughs> atypical, amen. <laughs> amen, atypical behavior. And what a blessing. Oh, and to be able to share that is just a God thing again. So, That's incredible. So, Liz, you know, Pat talks about when, you know, you're in that hospital room. <clears throat> Doc comes in and says, I've got bad news. I mean, which is probably nobody's, nobody goes to the doctor and says, I hope the doctor comes and says, I have bad news. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> What's the first thing that goes through your mind when you 
when you hear that. I mean, you know, you know, again, Pat, you talk about the <clears throat> the chorus of tears, you know, but like you do. There was a like flood where, of tears. Where do you where do you go mentally in that? Like, I'm I'm trying to put myself in that, and I can't. Like, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I mentioned we've been married 47 years, and probably a couple more before that we were together. But um, you know that you're suddenly human nature. I mean, you're humanly aware of your aloneness, even though there. I have a lot of widow widowed friends. In fact, sometimes, you know, we go places, I look around, and I say, I'm outnumbered, <laughs> you know, widows. And, you know, they've gone through periods of grief, and it, it just stops you in your tracks. And I've mentioned a couple of people, like hitting a brick wall. That's kind of the, exactly what it is. We envision our life going this way and ending happily ever after. And we've done some great trips and gone places on the motorcycle and overseas traveling in our retirement so we've been blessed but suddenly you know when you've spent years with somebody they're half of your life you know half of you more than that and it's daunting and even though we have kids close by and grandkids um, you just realize that the Lord is going to be your compliment you know um but I always told him I'd go before him so I wouldn't have to worry about that. But, oh. you know, the Lord has lots of surprises in life. And the Lord could still heal him. You know, what a miracle that would be. But um, it's, it's devastating, you know, when you do get a prognosis like that. You know what could happen. And that, you know, the 23rd Psalm that they say at every funeral, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, and for him, you know, just that description of holding someone's hand and walking through, thou art with me, you know, I'm relying on him to walk through the valley, even though, you know, we both are there, essentially. Um, we just look to him and uh, trust that he'll walk us, walk with me through that valley. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections. Radiant Reflections.